0: Hello, 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 and welcome to the Niagara Radio. I got Max Samson on the call. Hello, Max. How are you? I'm good. So tell everybody who you are and what you do.
1: Um. Well, I'm an artist, and I create visual art.
0: And. So, what initially piqued your interest in becoming an artist? Um
1: I like to draw um uh, draw and paint when I was a kid and uh as I got older I just you know through different means uh just targeted to a career path and so that's mm-hmm. how I got
0: into it Duh so you lost your father at a super young age. What are some of the things that you did to maintain your sanity? Like, how did you get through that?
1: Um, well, uh, I kind of – I was reading a lot of comic books at the time, and so uh, – I delve into those pretty heavy. There was a, a comic um it was it, Image Comics. It was a comic book uh, company started by a lot of artists. Then like left Marvel in D C and uh, decided to start their own comic book group and um eventually they kinda like changed the whole like landscape of comics during the nineties and eventually they all got hired back again because they were like dope on their own. But anyway, uh reading the comics like Spawn uh, and then other comics that were, they were dark, but they were dealing with concepts of, like, the afterlife and and hell and things like that. And uh, I I don't know. It kind of just made me, like, wonder where my dad went. And uh, Mm -hmm. along with the art, it was kind of like this thing that, like, it was just really engaging, you know. And um, it made me think about a lot of things or like, you know, where do people go after they die? And, you know, mm. if they were, being a Christian, like, thinking about those things of, like, you know, then uh, thinking about all right, so is this person going to heaven? Are he they going to hell? Yeah, you know, mm. maybe one. Like, man, you know, I love my dad. I'm sure he's a great person, but, you know, he he wasn't perfect. And so it made me think, like, man, you know,
0: like, man, is he in
1: hell? And Like, you know, it's a comic book, so best you know, obviously you're like, oh, okay, well, what I got to do to go down there and get them, you know, and bring them mm-hmm. back? You know. That's right, right. That's I got it. you. So, yeah. I, was, I was all into all those things. and uh, Just to say that, I, that kind of kept my brain occupied. And then also uh, linking up with my Uncle Naz uh, and kind of building a good relationship with him and realizing, you know, my, my father was like a big brother to him when he was younger. And, uh, right. you know, me and him, we grew closer uh, pretty much through that bond. And uh, he was also into art as well. Um, so my father taught him how to paint. and uh, Oh, wow. You know, yeah, so just uh, that whole kind of flashpoint, and kind of just growing from there in terms of, like, my journey with art having it connected to my family uh, was awesome. That is super
0: dope. And Max Hansen is my guest here on Tonight Azure Radio. So what was one of the things that you learned from working with Gallery 37?
1: Um, I mean, I did so many years, I can't really say, like, I learned anything in terms of art, like, really crazy or, like, super groundbreaking to me. Uh, like we just did art projects and, you know, whichever program I was in. But um, I think the experience of going there and getting me out of my neighborhood at that time and meeting different kids from different backgrounds, different parts of the city and forcing me to take the public transportation in a way I never did before to get around the city. Uh, mm. it was great and good. It expanded my world, you know, outside of just you know my neighborhood.
0: Definitely, definitely. So you actually started out as a tagger. So how did you transition into doing commission pieces in international art galleries?
1: Um. Well, hell, that's that's a hell of a jump. Um. I mean. I was tagging when I was younger uh, just in high school and uh, you know that's a thing that you do when you're a graffiti artist like if you write your name on like a mailbox or something that's called a tag and uh, so I think from the graffiti arts world um, which a lot of people kind of just see as like a juvenile thing that folks do but um, you know, it's a, part of, it's a branch of hip-hop culture. And uh, there's a lot of uh, people who influence a lot of things in, uh, in uh, pop culture who have graffiti backgrounds. Uh, some of the most you know well-known artists in the world today are actual graffiti writers. And uh, since it was the 90s, it kind of just opened my world up to doing uh public art and uh art that was tied to a culture and not just separated from one, you know, as like just beginning a studio or painting, like, you know, what I did in the graffiti world of Chicago, you know, affected, you know, other things and other people and being a part, part of a crew and so like that built built up network connections and
0: um I was
1: a part of a a burgeoning culture that was growing Uh, not unlike uh, skateboarding you know and so uh, you know it just one thing led to another like you know if you were doing more than just graffiti styles which is just uh, elaborate letters you know in the 90s and you're doing characters and you kind of were doing murals the natural progression would be into the street art world which is now the largest growing uh, art movement on the planet and uh so, you know, it, it it goes with that. And then, not to you know, to mention social media, social media changed up a ton of stuff. Cause before, you know, we doing art, only people that saw it were people that went there to go see it, unless it was in a magazine. And um, now, you know, you do some artwork today, post it on your Instagram page, and someone in a whole other country and hundreds, maybe thousands people get to see it that same day but that's exposure like never before and um absolutely
0: yeah so you know that's how definitely. it is <laughs> yes most well, definitely. And Max dancing is my guest and I is your radio so we talked about uncle and but outside of that what are some of the other artists that have mentored or inspired you
1: Excuse me, <laughs> just a Bible sandwich. Um, <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, artists that I know, um, friends and family, um, it's too many the name to be honest, but, uh, you know, my family side, uh, you know, my mom, my dad, my uncle, your mother, um, my mom's sister, twin sister, uh, my sisters—they pretty much mm-hmm. normalized doing art in the family, which I, I appreciate mm-hmm. it, and also supported. So um, you know that was always good to see, and it felt good knowing that I came from you know a crop of people who you know did it, respected it, and supported it. Um, also, I mean, especially during them damn, them years, or like, you know, I want to say up until probably about 2013. if You said you wanted to be an artist. People were looking at you like, really? Especially in the black community,
0: <laughs> right? Like most say, definitely. You
1: know, yeah, say you want to be an artist now. It's like, oh, okay, okay. I guess I can see that. You know, especially if you. Put your phone- <laughs> <laughs> Look, ma, I got fifty million. I got, I got fifty thousand followers, man. I don't want to get that dopey artist. <laughs> right. I, I couldn't do that. I was just like, eh, you know, some people fuck with me, but uh. Now, Let's see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got proof now.
0: Uh. Exactly, uh, Well, that's the thing too. Like, I think people don't understand. Like, he's, I've always been so modest. So, like, I've been going to his shows since, oh my god, since I was a kid. And so what's super dope about Max is that when he went to his shows, everybody was there from every community possible. So it was so diverse every single time he went, and they was always packed. You know, so I knew that this, that what's happening now was going to happen because it was just inevitable. And it's so funny because, like, he went to my mom, and she used to always tell the story, and she was like, yeah, I gave him, you know, money for paying prices when he, when he first started back in the day you know, and, and made sure to get some of his pieces. So we have pieces of his all over the house because we can't afford them now, nah, child. But we had his earlier artwork because we went out to the events um, when he first started, you know, and it's just so dope to see him doing all of these incredible collaborations with all these phenomenal companies, you know, and, yeah. to, have just, and, and to be able to go around the city and be like, my cousin did that piece. It is dope, you know, and it, it's just been a, a journey to be able to see what he's doing and then see his Instagram following girl because I promise you he was not trying to do social media for a minute I had to convince him and I was like look I need to pick, pick, pick a platform and Instagram was a platform and his thing just blew up like I knew it would so
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean even now I, I still don't care for social media um, <laughs> it's I've missed the days before just in terms of just you know, how people react and behave, and, you know. Mm -hmm. I I think it's different now, like, uh, in terms of being an artist, I run to a lot of young artists, and they fail, so, you know, just because you do art, that means, and you do it, you're going to be successful, and the reality Mm -hmm. is not a lot of, like, everybody doesn't make it. Everyone's not going to be successful. Like, I did art for so long. Because I started at a young age, that like I was comfortable with the fact that like I was gonna just be working a regular job and doing mm-hmm. art, just because I liked doing it and it felt cool when I made advancements, my own personal goals in terms of like my skill set, uh, having success with it in terms of like it being a career, I gave that up a long ass time ago, you know, just to, mm. you know, like. Yeah, you have shows and stuff, but when nobody buying shit, you can have shows. Right. Sometimes people show up. Some people. Sometimes no one shows up. That's happened to me plenty of times. And um, just, I think just until now, things are changing, where money is being driven toward the art. Just because, I mean, you know, yeah, I hate it, but social media as well. Like, companies mm-hmm. see, like, you know, they see your stats via your social yeah. media uh traction. And so it's cheaper for them to latch themselves onto you than latch you know to, instead of just, you know, doing a, a uh advertising campaign just from straight off the ground because you already have a built in audience. You know, and a lot of times best artists ain't chose for the job because you know, the other artists got way more Instagram or social mm-hmm. media traction. You know? Right. So politics of that stuff. But, um, and, um, let me circle back around, uh, back to the influences. Uh, outside of my family, um, uh, I read a lot of Norman Rockwell books. Uh, as far as black artists, uh, Terry James Marshall, Thomas Blackshear, Kevin A. Williams, um, these artists kind of had a big impact on me. Um, graffiti artist uh, O's from Chicago had a huge impact on me uh, when I was younger seeing him painting how he got down and seeing how efficient he was and what he did uh, so those things kind of just I, I call them sky guides because I have them in my head every time I'm working and doing something and I you know, try to keep those voices in my night even my art, my own, my life, drawing, you know, I teach from uh, college. Like, I keep all those things in my head when I try, when I get lazy or, like, I don't produce something that's of a certain quality or standard or I don't advance myself in each outing. You know, I try to keep those things in my head so I can try to stay on, stay focused. Awesome
0: sauce. Awesome sauce. So, you have always told your story through artwork. Can you explain the symbolism of the key on the string in your pieces,
1: uh, I told this story a billion times uh <laughs> so let me see if I can explain it succinctly uh basically, the key is a a metaphor for having a goal. And having a plan, and that plan going to shit, but still meeting that goal. Um, after after I got out of college and I had an idea of what I wanted to do, that shit didn't turn out the way I wanted it, and uh, I basically was just living living life doing what I was doing with my art, but also kind of just one of those things where you just throwing shit up against the wall and hoping it sticks. And um, it's basically one of those things where, like, there's a pathway and you're using what you know, your knowledge, knowledge is the key, to open up those doors to go through. But a lot of times some of those doors are locked and you got to find, you know, a different way to go around it to reach that goal. I've reached many of my goals that i wanted for myself, but the pathway was not even close to what I thought it was going to be or the way I thought I was on, you know, the, the route I planned for. And so uh, the key is just a reminder of that, you know.
0: That's dope. That is super dope, you know. And also it was cool was, like, you know, watching the little boy transition into a grown man. It was really cool, too. So hmm. It's another major symbolism that um, Max has in this artwork. This is as Radio. Max Fancy international artist, is my guest. So why is it so important for you? Why was it so important for you to create artwork on the south and west sides of Chicago? Why not just make your money up north?
1: Um, Well, it sounds noble to say like, oh man, well I just want to paint on the south side, west side. They don't have artwork and yada yada, which is uh, a point of me painting. But I mean, to be honest with you that's where I could paint at. Like, I wasn't getting jobs up north. You know, not that I plan, like I said, hey, I want to go paint up north and stuff. It's just, you know, I wanted to just paint, you know, where I got opportunities to paint were on the south and the west side. And, I'm a black guy, I paint black people, and that's where that kind of flows. Uh, Yes, I could paint up north, but, I don't be up north like that. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just not in my, my, my day, my, my, (laughs) I guess my, my, my bubble or whatever. Um, I do have stuff up North, but, um, you know, stuff just kind of works out further South. And then the artwork, I feel it's duty in terms of where it's at and what it's supposed to do in the space and if you ever want to say is artwork practical, I feel like it means a lot more. It, I feel like the artwork has a greater responsibility on the south and west sides for the communities that, of where you painted at because those communities are filled with people who are inundated with images that are not healthy toward the representation of, of the culture there. Um, there's a lot of culture on the South West side, different black cultures, different community cultures, and what they see on a day-to-day is not necessarily reflective of the good of those cultures. And so the murals, where I paint them and what I paint, I try to reflect that. And, you know, that artwork has a, a responsibility because I know speaking from my own experience, of the effect of a mural in a neighborhood on a youth, how you see yourself, because it was a beautiful seeing these murals that I saw when I was growing up, or these black people just fucking extra large. <laughs> and
0: mm-hmm. I know that was the
1: elephant, but, <laughs> but it was awesome <laughs> just to see that see the story. And, and like, it was like looking at giant-ass comic book panels to bring it back around, you know, up on a mm-hmm. wall. But instead of superheroes, it was... You know, John Henry, uh, Ida B. Wells, uh You know, just just to name a few folks, or the images that you would see on the walls. It was just awesome, and it was it was a story to be told. And these people look like you, you know, and they're not in a Newport ad, or you know, uh, some hair shit, so or a liquor ad, or just a, you know another uh, another rap album uh, mixtape dropping. So, it was kind of cool to see that in context. Uh, a lot of times up north, and you know, depending on which particular neighborhood, um, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where, like, they get artwork all the time, and a lot of the art don't necessarily need to be for the community. It's just more so just like, hey, you know, I'm an artist. I want to paint a wall, you know. And so... Uh, yeah. It's painting, painting on the south side and the west side, it's not the easiest, I'll tell you that, because a lot of times when you're painting something, people feel like, oh, you're painting something public? Alright, that means I should tell you what the fuck to do. <laughs>
0: Are you kidding? No! No, I mean,
1: when you do a mural, that means a lot of people feel like, oh, you're doing a mural? Alright, that means we should have a big ass meeting, and that should be fifty folks in there that don't know shit about art telling you what you should do. And a lot of times who do that they're referencing something that they've seen before instead of original idea. And so they will micromanage a project now to what they've seen that fit their sensibilities. And a lot of times you get murals that kind of look the same all the time. So you get murals where it's just a bunch of faces and people that died or like Obama mural, MLK, or people holding hands and stuff. There's nothing wrong with those murals, but, like, you get those all the time. And what I want to do is I try to press, one, making sure the mural um, doesn't offend anyone, but also that it's something different, you know, because a lot of times I don't. I don't like painting murals sometimes because a lot of times murals have to be everything to everybody, whereas, like, in your studio, you can do whatever you want, and a lot of times we do artwork that has to be everything to everyone. It's not challenging anyone, you know? It's pleasing everybody, so sometimes it gets real vanilla, right? And, you know, and I don't particularly care to paint vanilla murals, so uh, it's it's a struggle, man. I have painted vanilla murals just because... Mm-hmm. It is sometimes, man, and you know you can't piss people off. But it's not about pissing people off; it's about challenging ideas and having to meet you, meet you there. You know, you're never gonna be a revolutionary,
0: mm-hmm. this, folks. You know, absolutely, absolutely. So, what did it mean for you to be able to create the artwork for the United Kingdom opening of the multi Oscar winning movie Black Panther?
1: Oh, no, I forgot what you were talking about. Uh, <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, that project. Uh, <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> man, it was, it was super sick when I worked on it. Um, uh, it felt good. I mean, just I—I've already respected Chadwick Bozeman as an artist prior to the, the Black Panther. Well, mm-hmm. Uh. And then it was, like, two things come together that I liked, an artist that I respected and a comic book property that I really liked and grew up with. And so having those and then, you know, just melding together and being able to do something for, I mean, even though it was a small, minor thing, uh, you know, it was awesome, you know. So it was just cool to be a part of that
0: and,
1: you know, it's honor
0: Definitely, definitely. Uh, this is the Niger video. Max Quincy, international artist, is my guest. What are some of the mainstream brands that you have worked with? Um,
1: excuse me. Just ate another piece of my sandwich. Uh, <laughs> um, with Nike, um. Partnered with uh, Virgil Abloh and um, Boys and Girls Club. I've done projects with just recently Puma. I've done stuff for um, Toyota, uh, Netflix, Coca Cola. Um, That's what I can name off. Oh, Life Water. I got of name those guys. Uh, that's all I can
0: think of. There's,
1: there's more, but that's, that's pretty much it. That's all
0: I can think of often. I got you no ways. So, yes, so you touched on your collaboration with Puma. How in the world did that come to be? Now, mind you, this gentleman has a whole collection with Puma. So how does that happen?
1: Um, that uh, That's another one of those things where, you know, Social media plays in, but um people being creatives being um I don't like to use the word fan, but um, different creatives and different that work for different companies that follow my work and appreciate it that's one of those things where they speak out and kind of tell people you know where they work, hey, you know this is someone that I like that resonates
0: and so uh,
1: a lot of times a lot of these jobs that I get are from someone working somewhere in that corporate structure somewhere that appreciates my work either owns some of my work or follows my work and them kind of just shining a light and so uh, that's one of those things where like with the social media I do appreciate the, the, the following that I have and so the people who do follow I bet mean, I have a lot of followers so I have people who are creatives like it's one day to, like like folks that are that don't do what you do like what like what you do, but folks that do what you do and do it at high levels that love what you do that's even more you know awesome 'cause um uh, it's validating as well and so uh this particular project the same thing someone um at Puma that was creative you know, pretty much does my work and, um, uh, went through the talks and, uh, there was a collection that was originally supposed to come out in February of 2020. Um, for like history month. That's why there's a lot of long sleeve shirts and hoodies in the collection. <laughs> but, uh, gotcha. yeah. And so, um, you know, it got pushed off, um, cause I ended up doing a, a, a conflicting project. And then, um, sat on the table till about February this year, but then they were like, we haven't done anything for Juneteenth. We'd like to take this collection and move it into Juneteenth. Wow. Or, the, uh, you know, the premise still applied, which was basically me presenting a body of work that pretty much just talked about moving forward and having, uh, having strength and moving forward. And, um, I think the premise applied for, like, the folks who found out about their emancipation and them figuring out what to do next. It, go, it all goes back to that key where it's, you know, what if so all of a sudden generation, for generations you've been under somebody's foot and then all of a sudden that foot lifts up when you least expect it. So what do you do next? And mm-hmm. so... Uh, you know, it, it goes into that. And so uh, I, I also told about even with the murals in the city where, you know, we have oral traditions and we have uh, visual traditions. And this is how we tell our stories. And so um, we know about these stories because, you know, not they're written down, but, we, you know, people just tell stories, you know. And
0: okay. so
1: the, the whole body of work goes into that. And uh, that's how the Pullman Collection came about. And, you know, I was excited to see it be done. It actually helped out for the proceeds. It actually helped out uh, a mural organization in New York, which helps uh, people of color do mural projects.
0: That's dope.
1: Yeah, that was big because, you know, I wasn't big on just, you know, Hey, we're making money off of Juneteenth, you know. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I, I'm really digging that. But, um, yeah, I'm glad that, yeah, I, was, I was able to help something, especially something that I, you know, something that I dig with, you know.
0: Yes, absolutely. Max Hanson is my guest on the Radio. Max, you are incredible. I've been telling you this since you were kids. You know, I think just to see how your artwork has progressed, see how many people are now enjoying your artwork. People, people can actually wear your artwork. I'll be getting – I will definitely be getting one of those pieces before the summer is out for sure. You know, watching what you have overcame, watching how persistent you have been, and the fact that you still remain humble after everything that you have done, I am so, so, so incredibly proud of you. I love you to death. You have just been so amazing in so many different ways. Um, And, I mean, I can't wait to see you again. Like, it's been so crazy with COVID. It's been really, really hard, you know. Um, But you are just so freaking phenomenal. Tell everyone where they can follow you, find you, and book you, please.
1: Okay. You can't book me because I'm not going to like whatever you book me for. I'm
0: joking.
1: (laughs) 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 But, um, uh, yeah, if you want to see my work, uh, on Instagram, uh Max Sansing. That's M A X S A N S I N G all one
0: word. Um
1: that's pretty much it. I got a dot com, it's pretty much my name dot com, but I haven't updated in a couple of years, so there you go with that. And uh, that's my that's pretty much where you can find my you know, anything that's going on with me, Instagram because it's the one thing I kinda stay on top of for this funny shit on there,
0: <laughs> yes, Max, you are amazing. Thank you so much for coming on definitely let me know when you have any other events uh that you need to come out to for I'll definitely be there
1: yeah, um also when it, um, I don't know where you wanna plug this, but uh blackout walls is happening in uh Detroit that's going on from the 24th to 31st of July in Detroit. It's the, what I believe, the first black curated, black-led big wall mural festival with veterans on the roster, um, not exclusively black artists, but it's black lead. And, um, that's going on in Detroit. I'll be heading out there soon to go and pay. Uh, yeah, it should be a, a good, a good time. It's, it's basically a kind of like a response to when we would go out. When I say we, we fellow, uh, muralists, we would go to mural festivals and, and be one or two of us there. and um, you know, we it always feel like we were we there because we were good at what we did or we'd we like filling out a quota. <laughs> so, mm. yeah, yeah. So we would, sure. um, you know, it was one of those things where we just like kind of feel alienated sometimes. And so we were like, you know, hey, how about we just take this idea, and just flip it on it on his head, and turn it all turn it around and see what happens. And so, um, and it's also a way for all of us to kind of, like, meet each other because we all do what we do across the globe and country, and, you know, we rarely ever get a chance when, like, the majority of us get a chance to meet up, especially ones that have been doing it for a long time. You know, there's a lot of young artists meeting now that are doing murals, you know, out of response to, you know, the activism of last year, but, um you know, for those that have, like been in the game for a while and like seeing seeing each other do do what they do from afar and have respected it. Um, it's good for us to kinda like finally get a chance to kind of connect. Just share stories about, you know, man, our experiences, you know, after years of the game.
0: That's what's up. That's definitely what's up. For sure. Oh, definitely I, was, I haven't seen the next card was, but yeah, definitely i check that out for sure. So Awesome sauce. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so very much. All right, Carla. Have a good day.
1: You too. Bye.
0: Mm -mm, Bye.